two of ready your heart. Somebody say, ready your heart. We have an amazing responsibility, each and every one of us. And as followers of Jesus, we have to be able to share the hope that we have with others. Anybody feel like that's something they're ready to do? I'm the kind of girl that if I just happen to be in the store and I have an extra coupon, I'm looking for somebody I can hand that coupon to because you don't want it to go to waste, right? I, I love to share with others. And what could be more important for us to share than the gospel? We talked about that a little bit last week when we talked about getting our souls ready. So I want to welcome you back for another wonderful weekend of worship. Anybody love to worship God? Whether you are watching us online, we say good morning to our Excel Church E family. And I have to keep remembering to acknowledge uh, the extended part of our family because it is, the stories are starting to really become intriguing about how many people who are part of our family are part of our church um, that watch us and attend faithfully online. I know Sister Patty is a living witness, amen? Every once in a while, they make the journey to come in person, and I know it's scary. I remember what it was like looking for a church home. It is not fun, is it? Going to all these strange places, not knowing what it's going to be like, not knowing how the people are going to be. And so we just applaud everyone who has made that journey, who has come this morning, who has decided, you know what, I'm ready to be in fellowship again. I'm ready to be in person again. And I'm ready to worship in spirit and in truth because he is worthy of that. And so what I want to start off by saying to each and every one of you today, whether you're here with us online or on person, is that God has something he wants to say to each of you. He has something he needs to say, and it is a continuation of our series, Live Ready. Live Ready. And so last week, we talked about how we must be ready for some things that are sometimes tough in our life. I've often wondered why they don't give you more of an understanding of that when you give your life to Christ, because I think if we're honest, many of us, when we first give our life to Christ, we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior, and we walk away thinking everything's going to be perfect now. It's going to be smooth sailing from here on out. I'm a Christian now. Isn't that what you guys preach? And we don't fully understand that that's not what God has promised us. Yes, he has promised us eternal life. He's promised us life more abundantly. But he also said, John 16, that we will face trouble. 
Trouble is an inevitable part of our journey, even when you're saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. There is no exemption. Somebody say, there's no exemption. However, the good news that we get to share with others and even encourage ourselves is that he has overcome the world. He's overcome pain. He's overcome trouble. He's overcome suffering. And so what a blessing it is when you come into the body of Christ and you get a personal tour guide that will lead you and guide you along the way. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Thank God that even though we're going to face difficulty, he left us with his word and that his word tells us what we need in order to excel. So anybody ready to get into the word this morning? Amen. We are overcomers through Christ who empowers us for each and every situation life may bring our way. We also talked a bit about what it looks like to prepare and ready our souls, not just for the bad things, but also for Christ's return. I think that's a part of the gospel that we don't hear enough. We, we recognize that there's a Bible that's filled with a lot of information, a lot of guidance, a lot of wisdom, a lot of revelation, and sometimes because of our concerns and some of the issues that we're dealing with today, we focus on what's in it for me. We focus on what does it say about what I'm dealing with and what I'm going through. And that's wonderful because as we just said a moment ago, it is our guide and it is available to do that for us. But we can't lose sight of the end goal. And I think that in our culture, in the American culture, with all of the demands and all of the needs and all of the issues, we sometimes forget when we are Christians, there's an end goal. He promises he's returning for us. Amen. Amen. He promises an eternal establishment of his kingdom. So I just want to wake us up for a moment this morning so that we're not so focused on establishing our little mini kingdoms here on this earth that we forget about the kingdom that Christ is going to establish that we got to get ready for. Somebody say, get ready. Get ready. We don't know when his return will be. So we've all got to get serious about eternity and salvation. We've got to make sure our souls are ready for eternity, but also that our hearts are ready for the day-to-day -day struggles and triumphs of life. And the heart of mankind is not easily tamed. It's also not easily understood. So we've got somewhat of a tall task. As the prophet Jeremiah says, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? 
Well, we're going to try this morning. Let's get started. To help us, turn with me, if you would, to 1 Peter chapter 3. We're going to look at verse 15. 1 Peter chapter 3, we're going to look at verse 15. If you don't have a Bible, would you just raise your hand? One will be provided for you. And then as you're following along, if you are using our Bible, you should be able to consult the page number that's in the top right corner of the slide to get to that passage quickly. And so to help guide our time, we'll be consulting several passages, but this first one gives us a great jump start. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15 reads, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Just dwell on that for a moment. If we're ready to live ready in our hearts, we've got to hold Jesus Christ as Lord. We talked a little bit about that last week when we talked about the reality that sometimes we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, but we're not fully on board if we were honest about accepting him as our Lord. What do you mean, Pastor Alicia? How does, that doesn't make sense. So he's Lord and Savior. Yeah, I know he's Lord and Savior. But our actions sometimes indicate we just want a Savior. We don't really want a Lord. We don't want to go to hell, but we don't want to live for God. We don't want to let him order our steps. And so our challenge as believers is to come to that recognition. Oh, you know what? You're kind of hitting home. I am the kind that is very interested in him being Savior, but ugh, you mean Lord of my whole life? Yes. There will always be other things battling for our affections, looking to dethrone Jesus from his rightful place as king. But we have got to hold on to our faith. And we've got to receive Christ as Lord first in our hearts. It happens in our hearts. It's a confession of our mouth, but it comes and it flows from the heart. Have you ever had somebody tell you they're sorry and they're not sorry? Have you ever had somebody give you lip service, but it was very clear to you that their heart was not in connection with the words that were coming out of their mouths? I'm the kind, just don't even say it. Just if you, it, It's going to flow from your heart if you mean it. You don't have to say it. We have to get to that point where it's not about making it look good making it sound good, but it really is good, and it's coming from a place that is good. We've got to come to the place, and I, I think I might have shared this with you once before. I, I, early on in my journey with Christ, I remember visualizing him 
really as king. And in my mind, when I see a king, the picture, the image that quickly comes to mind is someone that has like a crown and a robe and it has like that fur around the end and like it has little speckles in the fur, it's not just plain fur. And it's royal and it's regal. And I visualize the early part of my Christian walk as me being blindfolded and holding on tightly to this robe. And it was so tumultuous for me because as someone who likes to know where things are going and how things are headed and what the outcome is going to be, that was a very stressful experience at the onset because I visualized myself literally being blindfolded and tightly holding on to his robe with dear life. And every twist and every turn he took, me making adjustments to line my life up with his word and his ways. And then as he continued, I began to realize there were domains that I had in my life where it was easy for me to make him Lord because I didn't like the way it was going and I wanted him to get involved. But then there were areas that I had already marked out where things were going just like I wanted them. So skip this area. We don't need you to touch this. We don't need you to make any adjustments. How many of you know it doesn't work like that? <laughs> I always love those home improvement shows where people call the number on the screen, submitted the website inquiry. You know they sat up late at night and was like, can you design my house on a dime? Put the application in. But then when the designer gets to their house, well, no, no, don't touch this. No, 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 this has to stay. No, 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 this was my great, 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 great grandmother's. And the designer is going, should I go home? You sure you want me here? Because if you're going to let me do what I do, let me do what I do. And I can't work around this old broke down piece of furniture you got, not for the design that I have in mind. Oh, somebody sees where I'm going. We get to inviting Jesus Christ to being the Lord of our life and got these little broke down relationships, these little dusty commitments, these little raggedy involvements and entanglements. And we say, God, come on in, but don't touch none of this. Can you please leave this alone? I'm okay with this. I know you are. That's the sad part. But God has something else he wants to do in us and through us, and we have to ready our hearts. Mm. We have to ready our heart so that when he comes in messing with our stuff, we're not ready to lead the church. When he comes in rearranging things in our life, we're not ready to walk away from him. We understand that it's part of our process. These struggles are very normal for all who believe. So I need you to know this morning, if it feels like I'm stepping on your toes just a teeny weeny bit, that's normal. 
It's not that you're doing something wrong. It's not that you're a bad Christian. It is normal for those of us who believe. We will all go through seasons. That's the one thing I like about Ohio. Don't you like the seasons? I know it's a little snowy, but we know it's not going to be like that always. And then it gets too hot, but then we know it's not going to be like that always. And then it gets too nippy, but then it's not going to be like that always. We go through seasons in our faith. We go through mountaintops, and then we go through deep, deep valleys. Deep discouragement. If that's where you are this morning, somebody tell yourself, I'm not going to be here always. I'm not going to be in this season always. Greater is coming. It's all part of the process. Ooh-wee. I only got 40 minutes, so I got to keep it moving. But this means so much to me. This journey piece. It means so much to me because when we really come to an understanding that it's part of our process, it helps us to carry through. In the end, the goal is that we would be mature believers, lacking nothing. So I want you, if you're in that season right now, to begin to imagine How does me growing look in this circumstance? How does me maturing in my faith play out in this circumstance? How does me being perfected to have a mighty testimony for God look as I'm going through this circumstance? Because I know I'm not going to be here always. God's just doing something through me. God's just perfecting me. God's just maturing me. God's getting ready to make me his poster board. People are going to remember what they saw me dealing with and what they saw me going through. And then when they see where God is taking me, it's going to give him all the glory. And this process you've heard me mention before is called sanctification. It's a long one. And many of us, we don't like long processes, right? <laughs> we want to get it and quit it. Come on, let's get, give me the short version. Come on, tell the truth. You read the cliff notes. Why am I going to read this whole book? And I could just read the cliff notes. Give me the short version, Pastor Alicia. How can I get through this quickly? No, this sanctification thing is a lifelong process. God will continually be working on us, on renewal and redemption as God is working in our hearts. Mm. We need to just let God do a work in our hearts. We need to just let that be our prayer. Maybe instead of praying for things and praying for outcomes, we say, God, do a work on my heart. Because when we pray that God would do a work on our heart, our heart will prepare us to experience whatever the outcome may be. One of the reasons this process is so important is because from the overflow of our hearts, we speak. And speaking using words 
is the primary way we share the gospel of Christ with others. I want to just reread one piece of 1 Peter 3.15, and that was the end piece of it. And be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. And I thought this was interesting because just yesterday I was on the phone with my sister and she said to me something that was very interesting to me. It never even occurred to me that this would be a question in someone's mind, especially someone who doesn't know me. And she said, a question I get asked often is what made you become a preacher? She said, people who know you and know that you were a lawyer, they always ask me, how did that go from lawyer to preacher? And when she asked me that question, I said, you know, it's interesting that people think that it's like a real career change. It's a calling. I didn't just like wake up one day and go on Indeed and say, huh, I wonder if there are any openings to be a pastor. I wasn't thinking about pastoring. I wasn't thinking about preaching. I wasn't thinking about in the natural doing any of those things. I've got student loans to pay. I'm trying to finish my hustle. But yet I was confronted with a deep, deep calling that he had prepared me to do a work that was different from the work that I was preparing myself to do. And I had to make a decision. She said, you know, you got to tell this story. She said, because people don't really get it. And she's like, you were a good lawyer, too. She's like, because maybe they're thinking in their mind, well, you just, you know, couldn't hack it as a lawyer. So you was like, eh, let's try something new. But you were a good lawyer. You were a successful lawyer. You walked away from all of that. And for me, it wasn't even a challenge because once I, as I told you, grabbed a hold of that robe and seated him as Lord of my life, there was no looking back. Wherever you want to go, that's where we're going. Wherever, whatever you want to do, that's what we're doing. And I always try to emphasize to people that I can't begin to express the immense joy that I have encountered on the journey of following God's plan for my life. And I think it takes a certain amount of arrogance to think that our plans would be better than his. I mean, it takes a certain amount of arrogance to think in our little finite minds that we know better than him. And ultimately, that's what we're saying when God is Lord and he is leading us and we're saying, no, I don't want to do that. I want to do something else. And so I, I never really thought it required a pat on the back. I just figured God's plan has got to be better than my plan, even though it was well thought out. If he's got something else in store, let's see what it is. Like, I don't need a brownie for that. Like, isn't that normal? No, huh? Can we make that the norm? Can we normalize following God? Can we normalize submitting our will to his will? Can we normalize 
even though we have a plan and even though it was well thought out that if God wants to interrupt our plan that he has the authority because in our heart we have seated him as Lord to do something different if he wants to. I think if we really saw things that way, we could handle those speed bumps a little better. See, I know where the speed bumps are where I'm going, and I know when I see that speed bump, rather than just hit it hard, head on, and then be bouncing up and down, that there's a way I can navigate that. Honestly, I kind of like swerve aside a little bit, so only like one side of the car is on the speed bump, and then I like go slow, and then I go over it, because now I know it's there, and I know how to navigate it better because I'm aware. I think that's our challenge this morning to know what are the stumbling blocks for us? What are the things that routinely catch us up? Is it relationships? Because it's not the same for all of us. Is it finances? Is it my aspirations and ambitions? What are those things that routinely catch us up? and begin to slow down as we approach those things and say, okay, wait a minute, this time I'm approaching this differently. I tried it this other way 99 times and it didn't work. <laughs> I gotta give it to the road runner. He would just try the same thing over and over. Y'all don't, okay, that's, 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 that's aging me. Y'all don't remember the road runner, do y'all? <laughs> I used to feel so sorry for him. No matter how many times the coyote was doing this little stuff, you know, he just kept persevering and persevering and persevering, and it didn't matter that none of these ways ever work. He never stopped trying. I need us to realize that the way that we have been trying to work is not working. It's okay. Go ahead and stop trying that. Let's try a different approach for 2023. Let's try praying first. I know you think it's a last resort. It's the first resort. It will save you a whole lot of trouble. So we're going to prepare our hearts. We're going to get before God. We're going to say, okay, God, show me the areas where I've kind of been bucking against you. Show me the areas where I've kind of been unwilling to yield. And I want to, in this year, be able to hear from you more clearly, follow you more clearly, and then walk into your will for my life, even if it looks a little bit different than what I had anticipated and planned. Amen? Turn with me to Luke chapter 6. I want you to see something in verse 45. I want you to see this correlation between a righteous heart and a righteous witness. Because if your heart isn't right, if you haven't done this work that I'm talking about doing this morning, it's going to impede you from sharing the goodness of Christ. The Gospel of Luke says it like this in 6. 45, a good man out of the good treasures of his heart bringing forth that which is good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringing forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaketh. 
This is the full passage that I was briefly quoting earlier when I said, from the overflow of our hearts we speak. In order to be prepared and ready to share the gospel, we've got to make sure our hearts are right and right before God. And that begins with what I've been talking about this morning, the lordship of Christ. The lordship of Christ. And it includes a day-to-day willingness to filter everything and anything that's coming into our lives. Because what the scripture is helping us to see is if we allow too much toxicity, too much negativity into our lives, what do you think will flow out of us? It's kind of like if you call yourself, you've seen it before where they have this meme on social media and everybody's gasping because somebody's preaching or somebody has the mic or somebody's you know, singing in the choir and then they hurt themselves and they blurt out a cuss word and everybody's all shocked. But if that's what you always do, then when you're pressed, that's what you're going to do. That's what's going to flow. You're not going to be able to for so long contain what you've already filled and poured on yourself into yourself. I have to even be careful. God had to reveal this to me a long time ago. I would consume reality TV and I have like certain things that I enjoy just kind of like to be mindless. And God had to show me, even through my husband, it was having an impact on me and I didn't even realize it. I was seeing certain things. I was seeing certain behaviors that are not normal. But it was becoming normalized to me because I was seeing it on the screen. And if other people are doing it, of course, it must be okay. But it's not okay. And so I had to be careful of what was coming into my eye gate. What, just like we have to watch what we're eating if we want to see a certain result. We need to understand we are eating and we are consuming spiritually all the time. For you, it's not television. I don't watch Pastor Alicia, that's not my testimony. Okay, but you have certain people who call you on the phone, and I'm not talking about professionally, I'm talking about in your personal life, and when they call, it's always something negative. I mean, they want to tell you everything that's going on and every problem that everybody have, and you're filling yourself constantly with negativity. Okay, I don't do that. Okay, you like to watch the news. And you like to sit up there and consume and watch things. You have to begin to filter, to guard your heart. You know, we know that there was a black man who was recently killed at the hands of officers. And do you think for one second that I would intentionally watch that occur? We've done that. We've consumed what we know is going to be harmful, what we know is going to take our spirit days to, to, to regurgitate and get back out. We've got to be more mindful as mature Christians. No, I have a, a duty and an ability to guard my heart. So when people start offering me something that I know is just kind of like, you know, if I'm at a restaurant and I already know that okay I'm trying to watch these carbs and they offer me the bread 
and it's sitting on the table and everybody else is eating it, I have an option. I can say I don't want to consume that. I'm just going to wait to my salad. It's my choice. Nobody's going to open up my mouth and stick that piece of bread down my throat. What if we guard our hearts like we have learned to guard everything else? You really will see a transformation happen in your life if day-to-day you diet negativity. I remember when I first got married, somebody called me, and I could just tell how the conversation started off. And it was like, you know, Charles, he, I was like, well, let me stop you right there. I don't even want to know what the rest of your sentence was going to be. You got to learn how to just arrest nonsense. They want to get you on the phone. They want to gossip with you about something. They want to tell you. But see, we, if we're honest, we have itching ears. We're like, what? Tell me what happened. And we don't realize after we have taken that in, now we walking around side-eyed. We walking around trying to get that out of our spirit. We walking around, ooh, I can't believe he did that. Ooh, I can't believe. That wasn't even for you to consume. And so as we take on the challenges that I give, because you know I give a challenge every week, my challenge will be to go on a negativity diet. A negativity diet. When you're scrolling on Facebook and you see those comments going crazy and then your urge comes and you get ready to start typing and you just, ooh, can't do it, I'm on a diet. I'm not gonna jump in that fight. Keep scrolling. They're going to be all right. They'll they'll duke it out all by themselves. They don't need you to jump in and add your two cents. Stay away from negativity. Because God is trying to use us, and it's going to be very difficult for him to do that when he tries to use us to speak into someone's life and to offer them encouragement. And they're going to be like, wait a minute, ain't you the same one? See, as we're dieting, we'll have the ability to be able to be used in the way that God is calling us in this season. So we're going to put up our guards and our filters. My last scripture for you this morning is Proverbs 4.23. The heart is the wellspring of life. From it flows life, death, encouragement, despair, Anger, loving kindness, all of it. This picture of a wellspring is an important one as we think about filtering and guarding our hearts, our wellsprings. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Think about the process for a minute of filtering water. Do I have any water snobs? <laughs> I see three, four. I'm a water snob, a proud water snob. I can drink water and be like, ooh, this ain't good water. You have wine connoisseurs, I'm a water connoisseur. I've even gone so far as to get like those little pH tests and bring it home and like test different water bottles to see like which one was the best. I like good water. And what I discover is I like the water that has the most filtration, that took out the stuff that tasted bad, and so I really don't taste anything when I like a water. I just taste water. 
We've got to filter out of our life those things that leave a bad taste. This process allows for us to become clean and our hearts to be pure before God. And so here are a couple filters as we close that I think will help us as we apply this spiritually in our life. Number one, the Bible. That Bible is our filter. That's why we got to be careful about what we watch and what we take in and who we listen to and who's around us because if we're not careful, that becomes our filter and we go, oh, well, everybody's doing it. That's not the filter. Wrong filter. What does the Bible say? Another thing that can help us remove impurities are close friends and counselors. Close friends and counselors. That's why you got to be real careful who you put in your company, in your surroundings. Another filter that you can use in your life is prayer and meditation. Prayer and meditation to help you begin to filter out those feelings that you have and begin to receive what it is that God is trying to pour into you. And then the last filter I'm going to share with you this morning, it's going to sound weird, but it's an important one. It's time. Waiting. Letting some things flush themselves out. I always think that's comical because I remember... Um, Someone was explaining to me the process of what you do if you find a snake on a plane. Anybody know what you're supposed to do if you find a snake on a plane? No, because you can't go anywhere. They say what you have to do is just keep going higher. Because when you reach a certain altitude, the snake will die. And so I say that because Many of us, we get real caught up in New Year. We're going to look through our phone. We're going to delete some contacts. We're going to do all these things to get rid of the negativity in our life. Can I suggest to you that all you really have to do is just go higher? When you start going higher, snakes just stop dropping. When you start going higher, certain people just don't even want to be around you anymore. Oh, you think you're too good for me. No, I don't think that. I'm just going higher. I just don't want to sit on the phone and gossip for five hours. You do that. Go ahead. Be blessed. You just keep going higher. You just keep going where God is telling you to go. You just keep doing what God is telling you to do. And these things will take care of itself. You'll find you don't even have time to watch the certain things that you used to watch on the, the television anymore because you're so busy taking care of God's business. You're like, oh, I don't even have time to see that no more. Just keep going higher. And as you do that, you will find yourself naturally getting distance from the things that used to weigh you down. So as we close, we're going to skip that last scripture slide. So as we close this morning, I'm going to close with this challenge for you. Take some time this week and evaluate the state of your heart. Who do you hold as king in your life? Is it money? Is it your title at work? 
Is it your accomplishments, your material possessions, or something else? What is it? Be honest with yourself. This is a self-evaluation. Nobody's going to see it. Nobody's going to know. Set up the necessary guards and the necessary filters in your life. Schedule some time to get into the word. Schedule some time with some trusted friends and counselors. And know that it's okay to reach out to others. And finally, try sharing the hope you have in Christ with somebody else. There's nothing to revitalize you like bringing along and discipling someone else who needs to get a little taste of that joy. Share the love of Christ with somebody else. This, faith is, this is faith in action, and it is worth it. So the heart is the wellspring of life. It's too important for us to ignore or kick down the road for a different time. We're going to ready our hearts for Jesus this week. Somebody say this week. Because though we do not know the hour, we do know that Jesus is coming soon. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for how you continue to speak to us each morning, how you continue to give us new mercies every day. We thank you, God, that you, you know all things. You know the areas that we're struggling in. You know the issues that confront us. You know the spots of our life that we try to tuck away and lock in the closet because we're really not ready for you to touch or to address. But God, I'm coming to you this morning and I'm asking you that you would begin to show us Touch our hearts, Father. Guide us, lead us, ready us, prepare us, correct us. Do all that is necessary for us to mature that you can be able to pour out blessings in our life that we won't even have room enough to receive. And we will be careful to give you and you alone the praise and the honor and the glory. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Somebody say amen. amen.